How's it going, Deep Dive Sports fans? David here, hosting another episode. In today's episode, we are joined by Nick, Brian, and Dom, and we'll be discussing the USFL as well as the NFL draft. And so we start with the USFL. As many of you know, they've already started their second week. Well, actually, correction, they finished their second week and are about to start their third. For this first question, I just wanted to get the guys' thoughts, what they thought the first two weeks of play went, what was some of the most impressive things about these early games, and so on and so on. So I start with Nick, and he'll give his opinion. Um, I haven't got a chance to watch, like, a ton of it because, unfortunately, uh, I work over the weekends. But just kind of what I've seen from – from highlights and uh, just kind of watching, you know, back what were, I guess, previous game film and stuff like that. I mean, it it doesn't seem like, I mean, clearly you can tell it's not like at the same level as the NFL, but I mean, it definitely has some some intrigue. You know, I, I think as we kind of go through a few more topics going on, I'll give my opinions a little bit on different things. I don't want to ruin the, the stuff coming up, but, you know, I think it has its, it's like downfalls, but I think it has a lot of, I think it has some good things going for it. I just, I don't know if it's going to take off as much as you know we saw the xfl kind of take off before COVID hit um so i i don't know it, it's not bad football but i just don't think it's like great football either so that's kind of where i'm at with it right now yeah that's completely fair we kind of discussed it in the episode two weeks ago uh i think john mentioned it as well it's like it it'll we'll have to give it some time uh just to see how things play out brian what do you think i'm agreeing a lot with nick i mean it's I've seen some really awesome plays like uh, I forget the guy's name, the breakers receiver that caught the ball one handed last week, but I've also seen some just awful football in the last two weeks. So they, like you said, they're going to have to figure some things out, give it time, but I do enjoy some of the rules. Like I love the ability to go for three extra points, but you can definitely tell these guys only had a couple of weeks to, you know, get trained up and get ready for the league. Yeah, definitely. There's a massive difference between the product that you give several months to to prepare and several weeks, really. Anyways, Don, what do you think? I it was a bit of a roller coaster ride. Um, the first game of the oh, hold on, I got to look at what the first game of the season was. Well, the, the first game that was between the that was Tampa Bay and New Jersey, I believe. Hold on, I got to look this up now. Hold on, sorry for the delay. Starting back over the play so far, I think it's been a been a bit of a roller coaster. They started off pretty hot with the first game of the season between New Jersey and Birmingham. Um, I thought that game was great. Came down to the wire. Um, there was a you know game ending drive to win it. That was always exciting. But then you know Tampa Bay and Pittsburgh was just a god awful game to watch. Pittsburgh looked like they really didn't practice at all. Looks like they kind of gave up on their coach because they had that whole you know pizza chicken salad scandal if you guys don't know about that we could talk about that later I thought it was pretty good obviously there were some good plays there was that whole thing with the like tracker and the football was you know affecting the kickers so the kicking hasn't been good but I think they said that they're going to change that oh overall I mean if you went into this expecting the same quality of plays the NFL then you're going to be disappointed because it's not NFL players so if you go into it knowing that yes it's not going to be as good as the NFL but they're still some quality football players on that field, then I think, you know, you're pretty impressed by it. And the viewership was there. They had 3 million uh, viewership for week one. I don't think they released week two yet, 
but they were right up there with the XFL and, and the AAF when they had their first weeks. So I, I think they're pretty much on par with these other leagues. And, you know, I think they'll at least finish this season. I think, um, was it Fox Sports has way too much money invested into it not to, not to at least finish the season. Yeah, yeah they certainly uh, put all their pride into this, hoping that there's some kind of success to it. And I, I think there will be. I mean, like John mentioned in the previous episode, it's going to take time for this to, to develop. These teams only had, what, three weeks to practice? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think as the season goes on and as people get more used to the league being around, um, I think the, they'll find a little bit more success. So moving on, and I think I know what Nick was kind of mentioning before, and that is with having very little to no fans in the stands, is this a result of the USFL being a brand new league playing games only in Birmingham, Alabama? Or is this a league not going to work out? And since Nick kind of somewhat mentioned it earlier, I'm going to hand it off to him for first. I don't know. I mean, I think anytime that you have like, I guess each of these teams are like basically like they have the names of cities in them. You know what I mean? But they don't play in those cities. So it's going to be hard to build a fan base. I think Fox is banking off the fact that they can build a fan base like strictly, you know, I guess in that TV market to where people will watch these games. So like if, I mean, you don't even have to be from that city to be like, well, you could be like, oh, well, you know, Pittsburgh can be like, well, I actually like, you know, the Birmingham team or the Tampa Bay team or whatever it may be. You know what I mean? So I think that you could be anywhere and be a fan of those teams, but it's going to be hard to build that fan base. It's going to be hard to draw people to those games, especially like, I don't know how many people are in Birmingham, Alabama, but you know, I just don't know how many people are going to be like, yo, let me go just watch some random football in person. You know what I mean? Especially if I can just kind of chill at home and watch it on TV. So I think that's what they're banking on making most of their money off of is, is, you know, people watching it on TV, especially if they're getting, you know, 3 million people a game or something like that, or whatever it may be, whatever those numbers are. So I don't know. I think that that'll kind of depict what its success is going to be. Cause if they can, they can pull in a lot of viewers on, on TV or even on streaming, then that might be something that this league will be, you know, pretty successful going forward because they're cutting a lot of costs, but keeping it all in the same place. So if they can have all these guys come in and they could have like housing for them for the season, they could have, you know, a couple different fields they could practice on and they're not having all the travel costs. So you're like, you're cutting a lot of costs that go into, you know, an NFL season in particular by, and then you don't have to, you know, rent out all these different kinds of stadiums. So I think that's like that's saving them a ton of money. So if they can be super successful, like I said, on TV and then in the streaming world, then I think that this league could work going forward. But um, from like a a huge money making standpoint, I just don't know about like merchandise because that's a huge money making thing because you'd have to really get people to buy into just watching it on TV. But people love occasionally going to these games and supporting their teams. So, I mean, I know before COVID, like I would try to go, you know, see like a Cavs game, like once a year or even like a blue jackets or a crew game. So I just think that like those things are kind of hard because not everybody's going to be able to just be like, okay, like let's travel, you know, hours or (laughs) take a whole day to go to Birmingham, Alabama to watch my favorite team play. I just don't know if that's going to be a realistic possibility. So I don't know. That's just kind of where I'm at with that. I I think it'll kind of, like I said, it'll depict on, on what happens with the, I guess, TV viewership. Yeah. And that, That definitely makes sense on both fronts because they're putting a lot of money into the program, but also trying to save as much as they can. And so, Brian, what are your thoughts on this? 
I definitely think they're getting their money this season, mostly from just TV deals and wanting a lot of people to watch games. I mean, it's just, it's a new league. As an example, say you're a Panthers fan or a Maulers fan, the league just started. You're not that invested in these teams. So mm-hmm. chance you're not going to be dedicated enough to go all the way to Birmingham to watch a game and then drive, go all the way back home. So I would say I wouldn't, assuming the league survives, I wouldn't expect to see fan, more fans in the stands until season two or three with that. I do know that uh, viewership is down. They released the per- numbers for the first game, and they did see, you know, expected decline in TV viewership. They haven't released it for the rest of week two yet, so we'll see just how, like, you know, much it's declined. But that's the main concern with them is just keeping a TV audience stabilized for the rest of the season. Yeah, I'd have to agree on that in the sense that they're they're banking on the TV deals working out and hoping – that comes around. Dom, you have anything to add to this that hasn't already been said? Yeah, um, I think right now I, I agree with – well, at first at first, I was kind of confused by the decision to play the whole season in Birmingham. But, you know, not, like Nick mentioned, they're doing it to cut costs. They're Right now they're trying to establish a product, and there's no, like, real dedicated fan base for each of these teams. And no one's really going to be that invested to go to the games. So where all they're getting all their money is through TV deals and through ad revenue. So if you can establish the product this first year, and then next year, once people know that like, hey, this is an established league, we're back for our second year. I think people are going to be a little bit more invested in it. Because I feel like right now people are thinking, okay, it's another spring league. It's probably going to be like like the AAF, which shut down halfway through the season. It's probably going to be like the XFL that shut down halfway through the season. I feel like if they're able to complete this first season and not see like a dramatic decrease in TV viewership, then I think next year they'll start rolling out, you know, Pittsburgh actually playing in Pittsburgh and Michigan actually playing in wherever they're going to play in Michigan, you know, fans and fans will come over time. It's just not their priority right now because they know a very significant portion of the money that they're going to be making this year and likely next year is all on TV and streaming. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't, I I guess if it's, if it's successful enough, like if they make enough money off of it, I don't see why they would why they would go to these cities to begin with. You know what I mean? I think it all it would almost be like more beneficial to either do like, you know, maybe add two more places to play. You know what I mean? Where you're like, okay, we play in Birmingham, Alabama for like weeks one through two or one through three or whatever. And then we go play, you know, in Pittsburgh, we, you know, four through whatever. You know what I mean? You kind of like you move around a little bit and then that way pockets of fans throughout you know the country can kind of kind of go and watch these games and then like you're still saving on costs but you're kind of like getting the name around and moving around and you're still making that money off of tv and stuff like that because I I still think even if you were to sit there and you're to be like okay you know year two we're gonna go ahead and everybody's gonna play in in like you know the the home cities that their teams are named after like I still don't think that's really going to be profitable enough to make sense for them to be like renting out these like, you know, stadiums or renting out these like, I guess, unless they're going to do like, you know, bigger high school fields or something like that, that would make sense to me. But I mean, I don't know. I, well, I, I mean, think... look at the the XFL. The XFL was playing in, you know, major league stadiums and, you yeah. know, you know, relatively big college stadiums and stuff like that. So I, I think high school stadiums, that they'll be a little too small. But mm-hmm. I, I think right now trying to just there's some high school stadiums that hold like fifteen thousand people, man. Well, like, yeah, that that that's all just in Texas. But I, I think the goal, all, the, the, whole goal all, 
the, the goal ultimately against Texas there. No, I mean that's they like worship high school football down there. I've seen stadiums that have like twenty thousand seats. But anyways, back to my point. I think the the overall goal is eventually to roll out these teams playing it in their home cities. So I, I think we'll probably start to see that next year because you know the, you look at the the XFL. They were able to draw pretty decent crowds to those games. I remember watching um, the Dallas team and Arlington Stadium was like almost half full. And they packed everyone into like the lower bowl to make it seem a little bit more crowded. So I think the the appetite for football is, is always going to be there. I think people are just waiting to see if it's going to be an established brand. Anyways, moving on to our next question. What is one player or team you guys want to look out for in the upcoming weeks? I'm going to start with Brian on this one. I'm looking out for the uh, breakers defense. So, I mean, Last week, they held Bandits to three points in week one. The Bandits looked like they were going to be one of the arguably the best team in that league. And then they go up against the uh, Breakers, and they couldn't even score a touchdown. So definitely a legit unit. I definitely could see them in week three having another great performance. Yeah, fair enough. When I get to my point, I'll actually be going back to the Breakers as well. <laughs> Anyways, Nick, you want to go next? Yeah, I, mean, I don't really have a specific player or team. I, like I said, I haven't really got to watch like – I sit down and watch like a full game yet, but, you know, I, I think I'm just going to keep watching like highlights and kind of keep digging into it and seeing, you know, who's, who's like kind of starting to shine and stuff like that. I think Dom said it before, like it's going to take them a little bit of time to really kind of gel and, and figure out what they want to do as a team. So I just don't, I don't know if I want to be like, Oh, wow. I think this team or this person's going to be, you know, a standout player yet. Cause I think everybody's still trying to figure it out especially when you have that like volatility of like, you know, what Brian just said about the breakers holding the bandits to like three points, but the week prior, obviously they scored a ton of points. So you're just, you're kind of, you're seeing like the the combination of them only getting the three weeks to practice before, and then them kind of trying to learn on the fly. And I think once we get to like week four and week five, we're going to really start seeing, you know, who's a standout player, which teams are standout. And then we can kind of, then I can kind of go from there and, and pick somebody. But Yeah, that's fair. Dom, what do you got from If I was to pick a team or even a player, it, it would probably be Michigan or Pittsburgh. That both of these teams have looked pretty bad the first couple of weeks. Looking at Michigan's roster, I mean, you got two quarterbacks that have NFL experience. Looking at Shea Patterson and Paxton Lynch, neither of them have really looked any good through the first couple of weeks. I'll chalk it up to only having three weeks of practice time with their team. But, I mean, Shea Patterson was the number one pick in the draft. He star quarterback at Michigan. Paxton Lynch was in the NFL for a couple of years. These guys should be, you know, top of the league, but they haven't looked good to start. I'm probably actually not surprised at all. <laughs> well, I mean, if if the if you have any NFL experience and you're playing in the USFL, you have more NFL experience than most guys in the league. Yeah, you know, they, these, are, these are guys that that you know practice squad or you know Division One college players. But Paxton Lynch was starting games in the NFL. He was a first-round pick. Shea Patterson was a star quarterback in college, never really made it out into the NFL, but especially Paxton Lynch, you were a number one pick in the NFL. You should be playing a little bit better in the USFL. First of all, Shea Patterson was not a star quarterback in college. Actually, he, he, was, he, he, he was a pretty big-name quarterback. He was very average at best, and that those Michigan teams didn't really do much, if anything at all. Like, so it's not it's not surprising to me that he's not showing up in this moment. Like he should be able to take this opportunity and be like, okay, cool. Like let me go out here and cook some guys 
the fact that he's not, it's not surprising me. And Paxton, Paxton Lynch was, I don't really understand why he was a first round, you know, quarterback to begin with. We're going to kind of talk about quarterbacks going in the first round coming up. But I mean, not every quarterback that goes in the first round should go in the first round. It's just what it is. Well, so, no, I'm not, I'm not, not saying it's that not surprising me that not be doing that, that well. I mean, a lot of these guys that are in this league are, are guys that either, you know, were in the NFL for a little bit or they didn't make it to the NFL or, but they're still they're still pretty talented guys. So I don't know. I mean, but those those two, it's not surprising to me that they're not they're not performing at a high level because they they really haven't performed at a high level at, at any level that they've played at. So like I don't. Well, know. There, there, there's a reason why Paxton Lynch was a first pick. I'm don't get me wrong, he should not have been a first round pick. But Denver saw something in him to where they were able to justify using a first round pick on him. Denver's just really good at at drafting or signing or trading for ass quarterbacks, other than Eli Manning and. Russell was Eli Manning. Eli Manning. You mean oh, sorry, Peyton. Peyton Manning? Sorry. Anyway, so I'm actually going to be looking for Kyle uh, Slaughter for the New Orleans Breakers as well. Like I mentioned before, when uh, Brian brought up the Breakers defense, so I he's done pretty good. He's made over like 60 percent of his passes, uh, pass attempts, so through the first two weeks, which is decent. Not the greatest in the world, but decent. Anyways, so. Moving on to the last little portion, we're, I don't know if we'll bring this back like we did it for our two-point conversion, but here is a little bit of trivia. So, when the original USFL came out in the early 1980s, I'm going to ask, who was the original owner of the New Jersey Generals? I mean, I know, I know Trump tried to buy a team, but I don't think he was the original owner. He was not the uh, original owner, but he did buy the Generals, so... Okay. I knew he had some affiliation with the USFL. So, Brian, you got anything? I'm just going to throw out a random rich person. Let's go with Bill Gates. Why not? <laughs> I got nothing. That was way before I, my time. <laughs> what, what What year was this? You said 1980? Yeah, 83 as far as I am aware of. Yeah, it's got to be like Betty White. So. <laughs> well, <laughs> You trying to say Betty White on a, on a football team? Listen, I mean, hey, she was a badass. I could see it. Yeah, I get, I get, I know that. I'm not denying that. <laughs> I don't. I feel like that would have came up in, in a biography or an interview in, in some. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was just throwing a name out there. I was like, that sounds like a a, a good name. Like, so the original owner was J. Walter Duncan. Let me. Dunkin Donuts. Dunkin Donuts. Yeah, I I could have swore it was Betty White. So, <laughs> so he got his start in the oil and gas industry, ah, like all like all billionaires. Nice yeah. one 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 oil freighter bumping in the ocean at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I just thought that was a little something fun to do. Bring back uh, the original two minute drill episodes before we start those back up again with the actual NFL. Anyways, speaking of the NFL, we'll actually be talking about the NFL draft. And I'll start with Dom on this first one. Who is the most exciting player in this year's draft? And then follow that up by who do you think should go first overall and why? I think there's quite a few exciting players. but I know it's a pretty defensive line, secondary, skill position, heavy draft. I'm really intrigued by Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati and Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan. I think those are the two best players at each of their positions. And I think they have the potential to be real game changers in the NFL, just solely based on their, their tape 
last year. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson destroyed really any offensive line and quarterback that he went up against, and Gardner shut down everyone that he went up against really his whole career at Cincinnati. Yeah, that that definitely makes sense. They're the two best players of their position, so I'd understand why you would go that way with them at their possessions. So, Brian, what do you got for him? Same answer for both questions. I got Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, dude is a great edge. I mean, he kicks ass. I could definitely see him uh, eventually, you know, maybe getting to the level of like Miles Garrett, Bosa, but I think no matter what, he's going to be like the number one overall, just because even if the Jaguars don't want him, I think what they would end up doing is seeing that there's several teams that are just behind them in the draft that are really interested in getting him. So they might trade back and let the, somebody else take him number one overall. Yeah, that that's completely fair. It would make sense for both teams if they decided to move back. Nick, who's your most interesting player for this year's draft? Well, I mean, listen, I, I know Dom and I go back and forth and argue about a lot of things, but I think we're going to... No, never. But I, I, I agree with him on this one. I, I honestly think, you know, I've always... though That Cincinnati team this year, I think a lot of people kind of... I, I I think they, they got into the playoffs because they deserved to get into the playoffs. I, I know that, they, you know, they didn't show the best against Alabama, but Alabama was just a monster. So, I mean, it is what it is, but... They though they're gonna have a ton of draft picks this year. I think that that squad was amazing. I think that defense led by Sauce Gardner is just that dude is gonna have a, a great NFL career. You know, barring injury and stuff like that. Knock on wood. But I, I think that I think that going first overall, I think it's gonna basically be on team need. I, I don't. I would like to see Aiden Hutchinson or, or Sauce go first overall. I think that would probably make the most sense if you're going. You know, best talent overall. But I think it's just gonna be based on. Um, based on need and and I don't know I'm I'm still not ruling out the fact that a quarterback goes number one overall because the you know they 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 want they want to trade out of that first overall spot and if somebody wants to jump up and make sure they get their guy for the future I mean I could see I could see the Panthers or or the Falcons doing it making sure they get who they want to get so nobody takes takes them from them so I I don't know I mean that's definitely a possibility but I do think one of those two guys are going to go first overall so well I don't I don't think anyone sees any of these quarterbacks you know, worthy of the number one overall pick. Yeah, I think the consensus is one, maybe two quarterbacks go in the first round at some point. But hell, it, there's even a debate of any one of these quarterbacks going the top ten. Um, look, I just did a, a fantasy draft right now, or not fantasy draft. I did a mock draft right now, and the first quarterback was Malik Willis at number sixteen going to New Orleans. So none of these quarterbacks are rated really highly. They're going to go a lot higher than what people think. Like the Falcons are probably going to take a quarterback. The Panthers are probably going to take a quarterback. I don't think that the Panthers are interested in Baker Mayfield at all, so that's not even an option. I don't think they want to move forward with Sam Darnold. So, like, well, these, yeah, but if I'm a team that needs a quarterback, like the Falcons or the Panthers, yeah. I'm, I'm filling out that roster this year and then waiting for next year's quarterback class, which is a million times better than this year's quarterback class, and I'm doing whatever I can to get my quarterback in next year's draft. Yeah, and you know because what? That makes sense to us, but that's not that's not what teams think of. Dom quarterbacks go and quarterbacks go in the first round of every single draft, and we're gonna we're gonna see one or two quarterbacks go in the, in the top ten of this draft. At least one, at least one quarterback is going in the top ten. You want to so, put some? You want to put a case on it? Regardless, regardless of whether or not we think that, because I I don't I don't think a quarterback deserves to go in the top twenty five to be honest. But I mean, 
it just I it just it is what it is because that's that's what the NFL does. I mean, there's there's teams out there that are probably skeptical of their starters. You know, I don't think the Giants are completely sold on Daniel Jones. You know what I mean? So there's nothing there's nothing saying that they go like, okay, well, maybe we maybe we love a guy. So let's go ahead and take a guy in the first round. Like the Giants have two first round draft picks. So well, yeah, but but these GMs also aren't stupid. They know that these quarterbacks aren't rated that highly. They know that there's better quarterbacks next year. So they're not gonna they're not gonna overpay for a quarterback that you know, who knows what it's going to be when they can wait a year. Well, if, if you need, if you're, if you're in need of a quarterback this year, you're, you know that you're not really going to be contending this year. You're, you're rebuilding the Falcons. They're rebuilding They're They just traded Matt Ryan. We know the Panthers are kind of re retooling, rebuilding. They know that they're going to be in a multi-year rebuild. So they're, they're not just going to go take a quarterback in this year's draft just to take a quarterback and hope that it works out when they can just wait a year take a better quarterback, but why miss out on, you know, one of the many great offensive linemen in this draft, one of the many great defensive linemen in this draft, or one of the great cornerbacks in this draft? I mean, listen, I completely agree with you, but I will I will give you examples of Josh Rosen. I'll give you examples of Sarah Donald. I'll give you I can go down the list. It doesn't it doesn't impact a team to draft a quarterback in the first round and get rid of him year one, year like year two or year three, even year one with Josh Rosen. Like it doesn't it's not going to affect them that much salary cap wise. And it doesn't, it doesn't hurt them. So like to, to take a chance on a guy like Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis, or, you know, you can go down the list. Like, I don't, I don't think that it's going to be out of the realm of possibilities that we see three or four quarterbacks go in the first round, just because guys are like, well, let's try to get them before they go off the board. And, you know, we need a quarterback anyway. So let's see if we can bring these guys in and they, they can produce. I mean, I, and then if it doesn't work out, then guess what? we'll just draft one next year and we'll get rid of the one that we have because it doesn't impact us that much cap wise. So well, it may not affect them cap wise, but it affects them if they're missing out on another player that can really be a, a, a contributor for their team. You know, them taking a quarterback that probably honestly, most likely won't really work out. You know, it, if I'm the Panthers at, at number six, if I take, can I know, say something real quick? I love how you guys just continued into my next question. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. We're, we're just doing your job for you. I feel like it's the smooth transition. Right. So anyways, if, if I'm the Panthers at number six, I'm not just going to go on a whim and take Kenny Pickett just because I want to take a quarterback when I can go get Evan Neal, Kyle Hamilton, or Garrett Wilson, or any, you know, any of these other players, especially someone like Evan Neal, if you're not sold on any of these quarterbacks and you're not sold that they're going to be a franchise quarterback then don't take them in the first round go get you know your star tackle of the future and Evan Neal is probably the best offensive tackle in the draft and when you get your quarterback you know that you're putting your hopeful franchise quarterback behind a you know all pro tackle and a good offensive line or you're putting him in you know a situation where he's got a lot of good wide receivers yeah I mean I, I, I just don't think teams I don't I just don't think teams take quarterbacks especially in the first round unless they're, unless that front office is sold, that that person can be their franchise quarterback. In the case of Josh Rosen, the Cardinals took him. He played pretty bad, but he looked like a rookie. Then and there was a complete regime change, and the new head coach and the new GM were like, we don't want this dude, and they made the right choice and just traded him. Either way, there's still going to be demand this year. I mean, you got the Panthers, you got possibly Seattle, possibly the Giants, possibly the Falcons. So there's plenty of teams that I definitely could see taking a quarterback in the first round. And I could also see like somebody like Seattle, who's a solid team trading up 
to get like Willis or Pickett or Ritter or something. Yeah. I just I just see these quarterbacks going mid to late first round. I don't think there's gonna be anyone really in the in the top ten. Well, you guys definitely will there be a QB draft in the first round, or will this be the first time since nineteen ninety six where a quarterback doesn't go in the first round at all? And you guys definitely gave your valid points and reasons to it. I didn't have to really say anything to move on. You guys just did it for me. <laughs> we, we just read your mind. So anyways, before Nick and Dom go into this vicious cycle of arguing the same thing. Yeah, hold on, hold on. That's the 15-yard targeting penalty on David. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't go to vicious cycle. I, I stopped. I, I, let him, I let him, you know, say the same thing yeah. for the third time in a row, and then, and then I didn't say anything anymore. <laughs> and this is what it is. Right. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so moving on, let's do our favorite teams' early round picks. Who should they draft with their first pick? The Browns, the Steelers, and the Broncos. So let's start with Brian on this one. With the Browns, they got pick number forty-four. I mean, <clears throat> number one thing I would do is is you know get whatever the best receiver is they have available at that point. Which who knows? Is you know since the second round can't really predict who's going to be there i mean right now i got george pickens but other than that i wouldn't blame them if they did kind of what they did in the second round last year where you know with jok if they see somebody who's you know first round talent start sliding maybe you know picking him up no matter what his position is dealers i know a lot of people think they should get a quarterback which i mean if they do it's either going to be willis or Pickett, in my opinion if not a quarterback, I definitely expect them to be picking up an O-lineman. And for the Broncos, I have no damn idea. I'm sorry. That's I mean, the, the Broncos are difficult because you look at that team and they addressed their biggest need and they went out and got a quarterback. There's really no, There were really no other holes on this team. They had a great defense. They had a good offensive line and great wide receivers. So I think they're just going to pick whatever the best player is they can get. Yeah, they're, they're a pretty complete unit coming into this year. Yeah, and I feel like that can be said for a lot of – other teams as well. All right, I'm going to move on to Nick this time. I mean, I agree. The Browns probably should just best available. If there's if they can't go out and get a wide receiver that makes sense there, just go best available. They're not really a team that, that needs to fill a ton of holes, but, I mean, it just adds some talent to that roster. And, you know, as long as Deshaun Watson's able to play, they're probably going to make the playoffs. So, and at least probably can, depending on the Bengals. So, yeah, best available. For the Steelers, I have a feeling if Malik Willis slips to them, then that's who they're going to go with. Mike Tomlin's talked a ton about wanting to get a more mobile quarterback. That's kind of when they, why they went out and got Mitch Trubisky. Um, but if if Malik Willis is able to slip to them, I have a feeling that's who they're going to take and try to develop into their future quarterback. You know, But if not, I would try to go with either the best available offensive lineman or the best available wideers at that point. That's what I would do. But I Would you trade up to go get Willis? No, I, I honestly wouldn't draft a, wide, a quarterback. In the first round, I think as of right now, like Trubisky's a good enough bridge quarterback to get us 500 on the season and then just try to draft best available and then go for a quarterback. Next. That's what I would do. But I mean, again, I, I don't know. I don't I don't know. I, I have a feeling that's kind of who they want to go with is Malik Willis if he slips to them at 20. But I personally would try to upgrade that offensive line and I would try to upgrade that wide receiver. That's what I would go out. And maybe even that secondary. If there's somebody in the secondary that you can add to that unit, like as a cornerback, I would probably try to address that too. There's just too many holes. I would even maybe see if you could trade back and get some more picks because I just think they have 
they have too many kind of holes to fill um, on that team, and they could fill them with a lot of young guys and kind of move forward over the next couple years. But I don't know. I just have a feeling they're going to go quarterback because just what I feel in my gut. With the Broncos, I agree. They probably should just go best available. I think, I mean, screw it. Add, add an offensive lineman. Like, you can't, you can't have enough offensive linemen protect your quarterback. I think that's his biggest gripe that he had with Seattle is that he just wasn't protected enough. So if you can add some more offensive line depth or maybe even some more offensive line starters, then yeah, go ahead and do it. I think that that would probably make the most sense. And then if there's no one there in the offensive line that makes sense, add another pass rusher. You can't have enough pass rushers. That's what I would do. Yeah, that completely makes sense because obviously you need draft alignment because if you don't have a solid line just in general to protect your quarterback or heck, even your running back for that matter, because we don't know exactly which way they want the offense to go for at least the immediate future like this upcoming season so who knows they might go based off of what they have and if they have a strong run offense they should get alignment and at least set it for a run offense for the time being until they can until they can get a quarterback and that goes for all the team Dom what do you got so if I'm the Browns I think what, what I do at 44 depends on, I guess, Jarvis Landry's interest in coming back. If you can get Jarvis Landry back, then I don't really see a need to draft a wide receiver at 44. Or if um, Jadavian Clowney decides he wants to come back before the draft, then there's really no need to draft an edge rusher and you can go draft as many wide receivers as you want. But looking at the state of things as they are right now, I would love for them to probably trade up a little bit and go get David Ajobo from Michigan, the edge rusher. I think he would come in instantly be a starter. I think he'd be great alongside Miles Garrett. If they stay back at 44, probably just draft best wide receiver available. I'm you know, not sure who exactly what wide receiver they'd be looking at at that point. Um, Cause after, you know, the top wide receivers, there's a bunch of good wide receivers in the, in the middle of the pack that, you know, are pretty good. You just take your pick at one of those and they'll probably be fine. The Steelers, I Nick, I agree with you. I I personally would not trade up to go get Malik Willis, but if he drops to you at 20, I would I would really consider taking him. I do think your biggest need is offensive line. Because I mean we we saw Najee Harris had a great season, but he, he he's he's gonna have a short career running behind a pretty bad offensive line. So help him out, help out your future quarterback, go get an offensive lineman. I wouldn't even be mad if they went out and got a wide receiver or another running back because looking at that wide receiver room, besides Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, there's really no really solid wide receiver option. So if you can go get a replacement for Juju or someone that can really be your number one overall wide receiver, I wouldn't be opposed to them doing that either. And, you know, for the Broncos, again, just whatever you want best available you don't have any holes on that roster you want to go get offensive line depth that's fine take whatever you want you got no holes so it's just depth anyway draft a kicker for all i care you never have too many good kickers i mean based off of what happened last season i wouldn't blame them yeah go go out and get the next evan mcpherson anyways so that ends today's episode of two minute drill i want to thank the guys for coming on they did amazing I hope you, the listeners, enjoyed tonight's episode, and we'll see you in the next one. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Two Minute Drill. And make sure to follow the show on Instagram at Two Minute Drill Podcast, B-D-S. Don't forget to follow deep.dive.sports on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. Also, comment on all our posts. 
and episodes. We would love to hear what you think about the show and what we talk about each week. And as always, two minute hero listeners. Until next time.